Well, welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey, and before I bring on my guest for this week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush this week. So there are too many choices in everything we do now. Yes, too many choices. We have become a page book menu society. And let me explain a little bit. So have you ever gone to a restaurant and looked at a 10-page menu? And you're like, all I really want is a burger. Why am I looking at 10 pages, right? Too many choices. Well, now they have done it to television. There are way too many channels, way too many streaming services, and yet still nothing on. You can go through it. You still have to pay if you want to watch the movie that you want to watch. You still have to do that, even with all the 200 or so channels. I almost think we might want to go backwards to when we had no DVR, four channels of TV, and just at a simpler, simpler time. It's too many choices. So to help me with this massive issue, probably only in my mind only, uh, because, you know, of course, everything is about me. I wanted to bring on my guest this week, and uh, she's a dear friend from Cincinnati. And uh, now she lives in St. Petersburg. I incorrectly identified her on my uh, page as uh, from Tampa. It's St. Petersburg, Cindy Matthews. How are you? Hey, I am great, Len, and thank you for that clarification. Yes. Anyone from this area, big difference. But I, I love Tampa, too. Yeah. No offense to the we Tampa all do. Uh, I'm, you know, as you go a little bit further, you get, you know, Siesta Key and you get some, oh. there's some, you know, there's some nice places in Florida. But anyway, I wanted to ask you, so what's your TV situation? You know, everybody's trying to cut the cord and, and do whatever. And I wanted to get into that a little bit. But what do you, what is your TV situation at home? Oh. I'm sure everybody well, wants first, to know. First, I watch way too much TV because I love it. I'm, I'm fascinated by everything from the creative process to you know, all of the choices that we have now. And that's the one good thing that I think has come out of when cable TV was first developed. And now we have all of these different channels with the streaming services and the original content production. We can have a lot more diversity and they can be much more specifically guided toward certain preferences. So I love that and all the breadth and all the work that's available for the different creators and the actors, all of that, all the way through. But it does make it impossible. I'm a multiple choice person. I want like three choices. I can pick one out of that. But when you give me five million choices, it can be really hard to debate and figure out what to watch. It used to be just from column A and column B. Now there's like 79 different columns. We've got Netflix. We've got Hulu. We've got Disney Plus. We've got YouTube, Google, HBO Max. Even our friends at PBS have a streaming <laughs> channel. I, I I don't even know. I, I and they got rid of yeah. So have you on. watched any of the PBS shows? I am so hooked on some of the masterpiece shows right now. They are so well done and they're really great and they have no commercials. Well, that's always a plus because I don't want to <laughs> see ask your doctor about this or ask your doctor about that again. The pusher commercials. I don't really I don't really need the pharmaceutical or the political commercials. I'm about done with with those as well. But you know, everybody always claims that they want to cut the cord and I always find this interesting. Oh. Years ago, um, I mean, I was I was at cable like from the seven late seventies on, so I've always been a cable person. And then I got Directv back in the mid nineties. And what I found by Directv, somebody had mentioned this to me that Directv was kind of like the wireless cable, right? It was really some wires, but we are truly now in what we call wireless cable. And like Spectrum, which is you know the evil empire, I think you know through this whole thing, everybody's been saying, oh. 
you know, we're in this together. We're in this together. Spectrum has never come once and said, you know, we're going to lower your cable bill this month. You know, $200 a month they take from me every month. They don't care about anybody, right? They just want to do it. So, But I have not been able to cut the cord. No. I love having my DVR. I love all the cable channels. I admit, I even still subscribe to the movie channels on the cable. And I have Netflix. I have Amazon Prime. I... I want every option out there. I keep going, now I need Hulu. I don't have Hulu, but my sister does. And she tells me about things and I haven't been able to watch them. And then I'm disturbed by that. I'm so curious. <laughs> I want to know what I'm missing. <laughs> you are like Veruca. You want it now, darling. I want the, I want an Oompa Loompa. I've got everything. So what, what I mean by cut it, you know, they, they say cut the cord, right? People say they want to cut the cord, but then there's like 17 different things they have to get to cutting right. the cord. You know, you can go with sling and then they only have certain things. And then you got you got to pick. And then, of course, like I said, I've got Netflix. I've got Hulu. I've got Disney Plus because the kids want to watch that. ESPN now has a stream and now HBO Max. Although Spectrum, even though I call them the evil empire, because of my HBO subscription, I'm able to get HBO Max. So I'm kind of <laughs> liking it. There's an Anna Kendrick show that I watch, the Love Something on Matt. It's, it's called Love Something. I don't even know what it's called, but I, oh, I'm into yeah. it. So it's like seven episodes. It's fantastic. I've Have, heard about that, but yes. I haven't watched it yet. It's on I, my list. I love Anna Kendrick. You could put her in your pocket, in my pocket, but I, I find her, the, the pitch, I'm like a geek because I watch the Pitch Perfect movies. I don't know if you've watched any oh, of I've those. Oh, I love those. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy those those movies thoroughly. And Anna Kendrick is in those, and she uh, she does a good job at this. But anyway, there's like so many things. And what people don't understand, because I tried to do this a couple of years ago. I looked at my situation, and I'm like, i got to have a better, you know, I was paying $185 a month for TV and Internet, right? Whoever thought. I mean, you, you could do it between your cell phone bill and the TV, Internet, and cable, all that stuff. You could be furnishing a two-bedroom apartment for the amount of money that you pay in those services, right? It's just it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. And, and I, necessities now because you, you have to have the internet at home, it, whether it's for kids for school or for work or just for entertainment. Yeah. Now we're all WTHing, work from home. I, I can't stand the, the, again, we talked about acronyms in one of the episodes, but because you have to have internet. So I looked at all these things and I tried to figure out what I want. I like HBO. I'm a, I'm mm -hmm. a big, I, as much as I don't always agree with Bill Maher, I love his show. Um, okay. I just find the new rules, everything. I just think every, he, it's good stuff to watch. I watch that. So there's that. And there's other shows on HBO, Ballers, and many shows that I watch on HBO. So then I got Showtime. I watched Weeds. And I watch all the shows that were on Showtime. So I get those services. And if you start adding all that up, $15 for HBO, $15 for Showtime, and then let's get Sling, get their package. And you still get an inferior product. Because if you add all those services together, so I said, you know what, Wait. by the time I was done, I was like, you know, Spectrum came in and they were, you know, said, hey, we'll do it for this. And, you know, of course, they're they're charging me way too much. But at the end of the day, you feel like you're getting something right. Is that kind of right. how it works? Well, and for me, too, it's part of it. I, I like the DVR. I, I like that. And I know when you're using a streaming service, you can pause and all of that. But I like that it will know when the show I want to watch is on and record it for me and remind me, oh, there's a new season of Billions. Oh, Shameless yeah. is back. Yes. <laughs> I don't have to keep track of it. You, they, that, that takes care of it for me. And 
There's so many shows now that I find with binge watching, I actually like. When Arrested Development came out, a little quirky, lots of quirky characters, I tried to watch it when, it, I think it was on Fox, but with the commercial breaks and only one episode a week, I could never get attached to the people, could never you know, grow fond of the characters. When I watched it on, I think it was Netflix, I watched like three episodes all at once, and by the end of that, I cared about them. And then I watched every season I could get my hands on and absolutely loved it, but I never would have liked it in that traditional format of just watching it when it was truly on air. You brought up a very interesting point that that I have said for many, many years, but I, I will go back to even the original. When HD came out, I had started watching sports and everything in HD and shows in HD. And then I have a saying that when you watch stuff that is non-HD, what do you want me to do? Watch it like an animal? Right. So, so <laughs> you yeah, I, I know. Well, it's, again, these are the things that bother me. First world problems. I totally understand. There's a, there's a pandemic going on and I'm worried about my television. But what's interesting is you brought up a very good point. I have a hard time now watching a weekly show. I almost have to feel like I have to um, like with Better Call Saul, one of my favorite shows. Um, when you get caught up, I almost like, oh, my God, I have to wait a week now to watch this episode. And, and then and then what really stinks is now with the binge watching, like Ozark was a terrific. Oh. Do you watch Ozark? Yes, and I watched it in like a day. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, we binge watch, and then what happens then is now you got to wait a year. Never mind a week. You got to wait a year. It, this it, is why the recaps are so yeah. important because I've completely forgotten what happened. I know. I almost have to watch some of the show. So it's interesting. Um, and 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 this again will show the geek in me. I actually uh, really enjoyed. Fuller House. Have you seen that on Netflix? Okay. I'm embarrassed to say I've watched all of them. I, well, I figured you did. That's why I brought it up because I... <laughs> nostalgia. Nostalgia. I loved Full House growing up. I mean, it was actually... Um, I was already in my teens and going into my, you know, into my adulthood, but I enjoyed the show a lot. And then when it came back, I'm like, you know, I, let me try it, right? And I was hooked from the beginning. And I'm really sorry that it, it's ended. Like now, now we don't even have it. Like, how come they can't bring that back? Come on. I mean, what, I, they're all look, they all look great. I think they set it up so they could do another season. They just want people to beg for it. But I don't want to beg. <laughs> the nostalgia of that. It's so terrible. I love it. That's like, that's why I watch Hallmark movies. It's that Candace Cameron Bray, you know, terrible overacting, terrible oh. writing, but it's just. Oh, happy. my Lanta. Yeah. <laughs> but it, and especially now with the pandemic and the stay at home, it's so overwhelming and kind of depressing that I find I've been holding tight to shows like that, that are kind of fluffy, just a fun escape. Do you, have you ever watched Songland? No. It's an NBC show where they bring songwriters in. It's kind of like a voice competition, but for songwriters. That is one where I am so excited when it's Monday night and I know there's going to be a new episode on because it's just happy, fun, and an hour of sheer bliss. Well, we need that now. <laughs> oh, exactly. And, and you know, I, I, there, I'm going to date myself here, but there was an HBO show and this is years and years ago. It was called Dream On. And it was about a, 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 a person named Martin Tupper who was played by Brian Benben. And Brian Benben has been in a lot of different roles, but it, it's not that important uh, in, in the terms of it. But the beginning scene is a little boy in front of the television. And that was me. I mean, I was literally, I watched game shows. I knew, you know, half my trivia knowledge and a lot of useless information comes from 70s, 80s, you know, a lot of television that I watched. And it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, 
what what's funny is movies and and I can you know I have a weird way of remembering things from you know a lot of uh, different things and and one thing that's funny is we were watching Jeopardy probably about uh, ten years ago and one of the clues I believe it, you know it said something like this bolero composer blah 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 and I said who is Ravel and Susan said to me how in the world did you know that <laughs> and I have to explain what I'm talking about here so. The reason I know that is not because I, I've listened. I, I've heard the Ravel's Bolero, of course. We've all right. heard the, the music. But I want to tell you the real reason. So in 1979, I was about uh, 11 years old. I don't care to admit it, right? So, um, but it was your impressionable years, right? You would right. say? And I Absolutely. Talked, and I talked about that with my, my good friends uh, from North Bergen. Uh, but in 1979, I watched the movie 10 with Bo Derrick. And Dudley Moore. (laughs) Let me tell you something. You want to talk about uh, going from a boy to a man, watching Bo Derek, right? So what's what's running on the beach? Running on the beach. I mean, it's just amazing. Bo Derek. I I mean, it was fantastic, right? But there was one scene, and of course, I shouldn't have been watching it. These days, you wouldn't allow your children to watch this stuff. But my parents, you know, I kind of watch TV. I just. It's what I did. So what's interesting is in the, there's a scene where she says the best song to make love to is Ravel's Bolero. And she played it. So that is how I know Ravel in Jeopardy. So people think this is useless information. I think it's it, the, any way you can get information. If you learn something from my podcast, that's wonderful. If you learn something from Bo Derek uh, at the age of 11, then this is what it is. So. You know, love to meet her and tell her that story because I think it would be uh, it would be interesting. I should have her on and talk about that. You should, because I always thought the movie 10 was probably educational only in one aspect. And now I'm learning that there's so much more to it. You you have to look at everything for what it is. Right. You know, obviously, there's the the main reason. Right. We we all don't need to go over that. But it, it was it was a great a great opening. But there's a lot of things I wind up remembering. And it, it all comes from like watching The Odd Couple growing up with Jack Clubman and Tony Randall. And, you, you know, there are things in there that Felix said about opera. And, and all of a sudden, I, I went ahead on one of the shows. I said, what is Rigoletto? And Susan goes, how did you know that? I go, well, Felix Unger. Uh, taught me that, so I didn't I learn be a lot. Your trivia team. Yes, I had. I am one of those. There was a. I did a. Ra- I did traffic for radio stations on Long Island back in the um, late '90s, and I had gone away to Pennsylvania with some friends uh, on a family reunion. It wasn't my family, but it was like my family, and they invited uh-huh. me every year. And we went to this this bar, and they had a trivia night. And it was in Pennsylvania, in the middle of Pennsylvania, you know, where the men are men and the cows are nervous. But it was it was kind of interesting. We, we went there and, you know, they had the trivia questions. And I was sitting there playing against the people, um, my friends or my family. Right. So I, I'd hit the button and I was always first. So then I started playing against other people and I was I killed it. And I got to the final wow. round and I won. I won like a, a bunch of concert tickets and things I could never use and some Coors Light stuff and beer and whatever. It was it was kind of fun. But when I came back from vacation, I had told the radio station what I had done. And they said, um, that might be a cool show. Try to stump Len. So they, they did a, a, a whole series of trivia. And it was, it was 70s and 80s and television, you know, what I was my expert in. And it, got, it was really good. And nobody could stump me for like a, about four or five days. Until, and that just was like the 
early stages of the internet, right? So the, uh, the funny thing was they started getting really tough questions. So at some point it was like, you know, I even got online and I'm like, oh my God, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I looked it up. I, I cheated. And I, and I, and I said, <laughs> at least you admit it. I, I, but I, actually what happened was they had asked me the question and I looked it up and I had no idea. And it was very obscure. And they, uh, and I said, look, I said, I, I'm sorry, but uh, we're, we're done here. These people are getting too good at this. I said, I actually just cheated uh, to find the answer. So I'm going to say we're done with it. But this is the useless information that I have no, a lot of knowledge. But, but it's good because I remember when I went to grad school in Los Angeles, I had never been out west before. And when I got there, everything I wanted to do, it was the places they went on dates for love connection. <laughs> because wow. the Santa Monica Pier, yes. I, you know, all of these little things. It's funny how it really does stick with you. And it, it can be a wonderful part of life. I think television can be so valuable. It can also just be a, a time void. <laughs> yeah. But, but Things that can really bring you joy or or the the information you need still. I live in Florida. Hurricane season has just begun. Your local news, that's when it's important to me, when all of a sudden you know the storm's coming. But when I can, you know, I don't know, play around for an hour and feel good and enjoy watching people make fools out of themselves. I'm obsessed with like American Ninja Warrior and Titan games. I like things where people do these physical feats that I cannot do and have no desire to yeah. learn how to do. Um but... I'm obsessed with that. It's wonderful. <laughs> and, and I have, no, there's like certain things that I, I can't do, right? My hands are not registered with anyone. I can't do anything. I'm not, I'm, you know, it's everything with, with art, right? With my mind or with my voice or whatever. That's it. That's the best. This is it, right? This is, this is all I can do. So I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm pseudo-athletic. I play, play athletic on TV is what I like to say. Um, I, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, and yeah. I have no desire to dedicate my life to being able to cling to a one-inch um, rim edge to yeah. climb a wall or something, but I'll watch you do it. Yeah. I think it's really cool. A ab absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's why all these shows do really well. Reality television has become a huge, huge hit. But I want to get back to the choices. So we'll, okay. we'll talk about, about this. So restaurants are one of the things that I think make a huge mistake in this. And of course, when restaurants were open, when we can go. In Florida, they are open now, right? Is yes. That, okay, good. Yes. I was at a restaurant last night. Wow. It was very exciting. I, I, I envy you right now. Because <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> they, now, there are restaurants open here in Kentucky, and it's a 30%, I believe, is still the... Okay. Uh, and they're going to open up bars, I think, July 1st. So, you know, mazel tov. Thank you. It's uh, coming. It's we, coming. I need to sit down at my bar. If I can sit in line at Home Depot and Lowe's and all these other places, and, you know, then I think I could go to a bar. But that's that's... You know, uh, anyway, but restaurants, one of the mistakes that they always make is they try to, we all do this. We try to be something for everyone and then we wind up being nothing for anyone. Does that make sense? Right? Absolutely. So, so, so restaurants in general, you'll go to a restaurant and they'll have everything on the menu. Maybe they'll put a Reuben on the menu and you get the Reuben and it's really bad. Right? So my advice to restaurants is forget about pleasing everyone. Just do what you do well. For instance... The best example of that is Five Guys Burgers and Fries. They do not play in the chicken game. You cannot get a salad. You're not going to get a frappuccino. You just get burgers, greasy fries, and basically a heart attack in a bag. That's what you want. I mean, when I go there, that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting a heart attack in a bag, and I love it. 
I don't want I don't want chicken fingers. I don't want they they serve a hot dog, I believe. But I it's, had the hot dog. Yes, it's good. <laughs> but it's burgers, hot a hot dog, and fries. Right, Five Guys burgers and fries. Yes. Now this was the way McDonald's had started. They were basically burgers and fries and shakes. Right, that was how they started, and they would make them fresh, and then they became this just. Ma- it's like a jack of all trades, master of none, as I like to call it. Exactly, which is a shame. It really because is because when you when you find what your specialty is and you stick with it. I now I'm a big Skyline fan. Yeah. When I'm up, up in Cincinnati's the Cincinnati best. And, but it's still hard for me when I go and now their menu is so big that I'm used to. Oh, do you want a three way or do you want a coney? And now it's like, or do you want a black bean burrito or a salad? Yeah. <laughs> Just, they're probably good, though. I've never tried. But. See, as someone who wasn't from Cincinnati, the first time I heard you want a three-way, it was really rough on me. <laughs> like, yes, uh, yeah. please. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. I, I don't know. What was I supposed to say? I don't have any, you know, I don't know what that is. But it, it's basically, so if, for those of you that don't know, uh, I do have, for instance, uh, there are a couple of downloads from the United Kingdom that are listening oh, to the show. I don't I don't know how that's happening. And I think we're in about 19 states in the District of Columbia is what I, I think the, the, the latest numbers are. But for those of you that don't know, it's kind of like a thin chili uh, over spaghetti or uh, you could put cheese. What I don't understand, though, explain to me the cheese thing, because I like melted cheese. I don't like cheese on top that's not hot. It doesn't. I don't know. Oh, you like it? I I do. And what's funny is I did not. I grew up in Cincinnati, but I didn't grow up eating Skyline because my mom didn't like it. So I didn't go till I was like later high school years. But there's something about that bright orange cheese that I love, and I wish I could buy it down here. Yeah. (laughs) But but, you know, to me, that that's what Skyline's specialty is. That that runny chili that Mm -hmm. you get used to and then love, (laughs) and that great cheese and the little oyster crackers. But um, I, I do think when you have a family, you know, you have you have kids, you know, not everybody's going to want to eat the same thing on the same night. So at least you want to keep everybody moderately happy. So I understand how these menus have expanded. But at the same time, when you sit down, like Cheesecake Factory has you know, an entire book. It takes me yeah. 20 minutes to flip through the menu. And it's and- supposed to be Cheesecake Factory. Hello, <laughs> give me my cheesecake and my coffee and I'm good, right? Exactly. And I can't even decide what section I want to focus on. <laughs> it's and too much. It, it's terrible I for like the ADHD. Yeah. Exactly. And if you're like me, I'm not a picky eater. I eat almost anything. So it's impossible to decide. If you're really picky, then you're probably limited to four items anyway. Yeah. But if you like it all, then, you know, I'm going to waste way too much time at your table trying to figure out what to order. <laughs> yeah, it takes care. They come back four times. Uh, uh, miss, would you please make a decision already? I have another table that I need to see. Uh, please help me. Help me with the with, with the restaurants when we can when we could certainly go back to the restaurants. And and you you brought up a, a point that I'm going to disagree with because you said Ooh, something okay. to the that you want to please or, or try to please as many as you can. See, that I'm not about that. If you don't like what I have to serve, then you're not getting anything. That's what I, I with the children. It was like I can't stand the the moms that will go ahead and make their kids three different meals. That's not happening at my house. If you don't like what you have to eat, then you get like now my kids are older. Just get in the car and go to Wendy's because I, I, you know, it, it, there's no Good choice. For you. There's no Good choice, and you. you know, again, going back to the that's, choices, there's no yeah, choices no, in my house. That's- that's how I grew up. And yeah. my mom would say once a week before she went to the store, let me know what you want for dinner. And if you don't tell me anything, you, you're expected to eat what I cook and not complain about it. And now I remember I was dating someone who had a three-year-old and we'd be deciding, oh, we're going to go out to lunch. He'd turn around and ask the three-year-old, what do you want for lunch? 
And I'm like, why is the three-year-old deciding where yeah. we're going for lunch? He can't, you know, if you gave him two choices, oh, do you want chicken fingers or a hot dog? He could pretty easily decide that. But I'm like, why is my lunch being dictated by a three-year-old who's so stressed out by having to make this decision? And at that moment, that man did not get a call back. I, I would think, at that moment, Cindy's like, uh, yeah, he's not on the top of my list. I feel bad. You can tell I don't have kids. I just have been able to observe how a lot of other people choose to handle families. Well, I got to be honest with you. It's exhausting. The whole process of children is exhausting. <laughs> um, what's interesting to me is my, my son will be 20 years old. God bless him uh, in August. My daughter wow. just, just turned 17. So I'm at a point oh. now where they're almost out, right? right? And everybody in the everybody is so like obsessed with the crying and the tears of the, of the kids leaving the nest and people get, Oh my goodness, they're, you know, things are, they're, they're growing up too fast and all this stuff. You know what? It's not fast enough for me. I want, I love them to death, but I would love the day that they're not living with me because you're just going to kick them out I, of the nest. I don't know. I'm ready to move on. Like I, I'm already, I'm at a point now where it's, I could see the end of the, 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 the tunnel and I'm like, I'm ready. You know, I, I feel like I've done a pretty good job there. My son is in the air force reserve and he's going to college and he's, you know, a lot more, he's probably going to be a lot more successful than I've ever been. And that's good. And my daughter rides horses and she does all this stuff. I'm like, I feel like I, we've done a pretty good job. I'm done. You know, I, I just think it's, you know, it's, it's too much already with the helicopter parenting that's now and all this stuff. And you got to be your kid's friend. You know what? No, I don't. I got enough exactly. friends. I don't need exactly. to be their friend. Yeah. It's so funny. I'm, I'm the youngest of three and I just felt like you were happy when you got any attention. If anybody ever showed up to your soccer game, but you certainly didn't expect them to come to all of them or show up to your practices and anything. It's just a very different world now that, uh, like I said, because I don't have kids, I try not to judge, but I can't help but notice. Oh, that please judge. So please many, judge. There's so many things that are just so different. And my parents, you know, they, they did their job. Their, their goal is she's like, my mom always says, we raise you to be independent and go off on your own. And, you know, we all scattered around the country and are doing our, our own things. And I've, I've lived everywhere from coast to coast and in between and loved every minute of it and uh, get along really well with my family by phone, which is yeah. fabulous. <laughs> exactly. By, by phone, not the Zoom calls, because that's annoying. We don't need to see no. it. Although, although we are doing this, uh, this podcast by, by FaceTime right now, which is kind of cool. And I'm enjoying I'm, it. Yes. Yes, we are enjoying, we, we're enjoying, as, as you say, in my F Big Fat Greek Wedding too, we're enjoying things on the FaceTime. Yeah, that's that's the, on the FaceTime. But uh, so I wanted to go full kind of full circle on the okay. choices. So I, I talked about there are too many choices, right? We talked about restaurants. We talked about just in general in television, there's too many choices. We talked about your three-year-old and having to have, not your three-year-old, but your friend's three-year-old about the fact that they had to... Uh, find out what they wanted for, for lunch or dinner and all these different choices, chicken fingers and blah, 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 blah. If you, you know, my advice to the restaurants, if you, if you uh, are not good at making chicken fingers, then don't put them on the menu. The kid will find something to eat. But I want to go to the media, okay? And I want to I explain where actually we don't have any choice now. And I'm going to explain this. So I'm going full circle with the choice thing. I'm actually going to contradict what I said in the beginning that we have too many choices because in the media right now, you know, you would think that I'd be happy that there was not many choices, but there really isn't. And when, what I mean by that is they, they don't provide the best information in the way I would want it. For instance, okay, the coronavirus, right? Every day you're hearing, well, there's a hundred new cases. So I want to, I want to put a little edit on this. And if we're reading the, I want to do the news and say, 
today, 100 new cases of, of coronavirus. And I want to have a little subset of 78 have already um, recovered and are done with symptoms, right? That's down to, to 22. And 20 are recovering and two are in the hospital. This way I know that 100, we don't know about, you hear 1,000 new cases, 20,000 new cases, but we never hear the subset of who is recovering. We don't know the real numbers, right? This is just numbers to shock and awe. Everything is about shock and awe. And you only have, you have, right now, there's no middle ground, right? You got either the far left or the, the extreme right television. It, it's awful, right? I, I've given up watching the news. And you watch the news for the hurricanes, which I totally understand in Florida. That's it. That's it. No, I, I'm with you. I do not watch the news. I don't want to hear about the news because it's so one-sided. And what I want to go back to, I want to go back to choice. And what I, and this, again, this is a contradiction of everything that I said. So pretty much this episode has been a kind of a waste, except the fact that you're on. Um, but I, I, I used to be, I'm and I'm going to go old school here. I used to read the newspaper. Do you remember the newspaper? Do we remember that? Do we know what I that was? I still get the newspaper. Yes. All right. What is that? The St. Petersburg Times? Is that the, the paper of record? Now it's called the Tampa Bay Times. Ta oh, see? It is Tampa Bay. See, I said you were from Tampa, technically Tampa Bay. It's but Tampa yeah, Bay. Tampa That's Bay. Right. I understand. It's Tampa Bay. Um, but anyway, there was a newspaper that we had, and we still do have newspapers out there. So children that are listening, there are newspapers. Go find them. Either that or find them online. Uh, I don't really like the online edition of newspapers. I'm, I'm more of a, I like the, I used to like the Daily News in the Post in New York. And people read the New York Times, but that was a little above my educational. You know, I'm, I, I'm not as smart as I may, people may think I am. Um, and I, I don't like to do it. But, but what I liked about the newspaper, and, and we both worked in the media, so this is, a, this is a good segue. So what I liked about the newspaper was you had the headline, you had your main story, right? Mm -hmm. And you could flip and read the end of the main story. But the best part about it, you could turn the page yes. to another story. Now, I mean, I swear, there was, uh, I'm getting back to the TV references, soap operas, okay? There was, mm -hmm. a, there was a comedian years and years ago in the 70s that came up with this joke. So I did not write this joke, uh, but it is a funny joke. Uh, they talked about the soap operas, and they would have a scene where there was somebody in a hospital bed, and they would say... Um, Phil, did you hear me, Phil? And then six months later, you turn on the TV and it's like, I said, Phil, did you hear me, Phil? And we see that every day. I remember before the coronavirus, the big thing on Fox News or any of these was crisis at the border, right? Every day there was another story, crisis at the border. And there was big headlines. Everything's breaking news, but it was crisis at the border. It was like, I felt like that, Phil, did you hear me, Phil? Six months ago, I watched this and I'm sick of it. Yeah. Um, no choice when it comes to tel television news. And I, I want choice back. Like the newspaper, I could turn to the sports page, the comics, whatever. Explain to me, Cindy. Am I wrong here? No, I think my biggest problem now with the news is it's so much of it's actually commentary. And I feel like, you know, when I went to journalism school, we were taught you're to deliver the facts. People make up their own minds based on the facts they, that your job is to go out there and gather that information. So all of the viewers or the readers can decide for themselves how they feel about it. And now everything, and you're always going to have a little bit of bias, no matter how hard you try to be you know, straight down the middle, that's just human nature, but you try to fight that. But now, and, and some of it's because of the 24 hour news cycle with the cable channels where they're trying to fill all this airtime, that the commentary has just become a normal part 
of news. And that's what's really troubling to me, that I don't want somebody else telling me how I should feel about the facts. Give me the facts. I will process it and, and decide where to go from there. And even the newspaper, you know, most newspapers have a reputation which side they they veer to. In this household, we have the New York Times, we have the Wall Street Journal, and then our local paper, the Tampa Bay Times. It, we only actually get the physical paper certain days of the week because yeah. they don't deliver it anymore. But I access them online. And I think this day and age, that's the only way to try to figure out what the truth is, what the facts are, is to have multiple sources. And it's almost like creating a Venn diagram to see where they overlap to find which parts are fact. And even then you're never quite sure. But it that's what's made it so troubling to me that you know seemingly we have all of these news choices. There's so many networks that are on every moment of the day. Our local news just keeps expanding. It has more and more hours of news, but I'm not getting what I need. I'm no. not getting what I what I need to be able to vote accurately for for my beliefs. To you know whether it's um, participating in a protest, whether it's writing to your congressman, or just deciding where to have dinner. <laughs> well, exactly all of that. And you need to get what you need. I need to get what I need. That's the kind of the, that's the reason for this conversation. We need to make sure we can get what we need. And and I feel like we're. We're not getting what we need because even with all these news stations, they're all showing the same story over and over again. And even the local news has gotten so bad at that as well. It's just everything is is whatever the national news is running with, the local news makes a local story of it. And I know working in the news, you got to, you know, do what you can to you've got to fill a lot of hours, which we all know, uh, but uh, enough already, you know. Well, and now I think with reporters working from home and so many states are so limited on where you can go to do interviews and gather that information, it's made their job so much harder that um, despite best efforts, I think this would just be a really challenging time. My comments are kind of the overall spectrum, you know, when before stay at home orders and all that, I still think uh, it had kind of veered in the wrong way. But I, I love what you were saying about the pandemic, that the more detailed information could be so beneficial to people because so many people are, are asymptomatic or, you know, I, I went and donated blood so I could have both a COVID test and find out about the antigens and found out I didn't have COVID and I don't have an antigen. So I oh. guess I've done it. I, I, I was almost hoping I'd had it and didn't know it. So yeah. I would feel better. But that, you know, that information is helpful to people in keeping us calm and, and keeping it together in such a stressful time that it is a shame. Our paper does print some basic statistics about the deaths when we have them in the county, which I, I find helpful that, you know, 96 year old from this county, you know, passed away and, you know, even just keeping track of the, the ages, because generally here, most of our deaths are, are related to nursing homes and, and older people, unfortunately, but, you know, for the younger folks, it's, it's comforting. But the, the more detail you can give people, you know, let you use that information and, yeah, however I mean, you see fit. Right, because at that point, if if you do get it, and you're seeing that 100 out of 100 cases, well, 90 percent or 95 percent have already recovered. That's that makes me feel a yeah. little bit better. Um, I think the fear factor has been so much. It's like, you know, I think there's going to be a few people. I was watching uh, Bill Maher, and he uh, he talked about this. There's going to be a percentage of people that are not going to go out of their house even after they're told they can. And I think they're just freaked out. And they might not even go out and vote. And that would be a, obviously a terrible thing that they can't get out to vote and all that stuff. But again, you can wait in line at Home, Home Depot and Lowe's and all that. But the 
I thought, and I did this a couple of weeks ago, and you might have listened to this with the hashtag episode about the voting app, right? I think we need an app, right? There's an app for everything. There's a dating app. There's there's an app for everything you want in the world, but yet we have to go stand in a school and wait in line four hours for a ballot and blah, 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 and verify your ID. And we have every way to check that without checking it. And, you know, it's just silly. That's it. That's a tough one. I wish I had the perfect solution where we could have, because I'm not sure if any of our voting methods are really that secure. No. You know, you, you want to feel like your vote counts. That's what's so great about being an American, that you have the right to vote and you want that that to matter. And I, it gets tough. I do worry with the, the stay at home and people choosing to stay at home. Even even for me, what I've been doing is, you know, we're pretty much open here in Florida. And generally, I go out to eat once a week. Other than that, I've been eating at home. And you know, staying at home, going to the grocery store once a week instead. I used to, I used to go every day, just yeah. get what I needed right then. But, but you think of how isolated and how socially distant and socially challenged people are getting because of the internet and the, just the way we handle things, whether it's because you're binge watching Netflix like yeah. I am some days or you know the younger younger kids who don't want to talk on the phone, but you know, only text and don't have those conversations in the face-to-face time, that it could really be troubling going forward if everyone becomes even more separate. Because hopefully these stressful times teach you that it, you know, it's about relationships. It, it sounds so cheesy, but it's about love in the end. It's about the human connection. And I hate to see that become even more disconnected. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, one thing that I've, I've mentioned to you, we talked before the show, about the fact of me doing this and and part of it this is the 10th episode by the way so you're number 10 um and and we talked about the movie 10 too yeah the movie 10 exactly (laughs) this is this is like all related we should just kind of call it 10 but no i i just get excited to do this every week and one of the best parts about it is these conversations that i'm having with you that normally you and i don't get a chance to do right so we're doing it recording it for the pleasure of other people right your call is being recorded for quality assurance so we need to take a survey I did an episode on that last week with with Jeff. We <laughs> talked about the surveys, and uh, you need to take a survey on Lens Burning Bush and say, "Hey, I like it," or press one. Um, but it's uh, it, it really it, it makes me feel good that I can have these conversations with everyone, and uh, I I just enjoy it. Like it's great seeing your face on Facetime. Um, yes. I love that, and I know I've been critical of the whole Zoom thing, but. You know, I'm kind of warming up to the face. I mean, yeah, before nobody, I always said I had a face for radio, but it's uh, it's nice to really kind of see the the person behind the uh, the mic. Well, you know what I always tell everybody? Just make sure you face the window. You get good lighting. Yes. It's all about lighting. Oh, and, well, you don't have to worry about that. Your lighting is always good. Uh, you've always, uh, you were you were on television. You had the face for television and as opposed to I had the radio, the radio voice. But <laughs> You know, I just I just enjoy this thoroughly. Uh, but it, you know, it, we go back to the the choices. We don't have a lot of choice in the, in the in the TV news. We don't, you know, we seem to be one way or the other. I want to be more middle ground. I would like that to be the case. It almost seems like there's not a place for me in society being someone in the middle. Uh, and it's 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 like this is this is why I rant and rave about things that burn my bush. No, I think that's excellent. And it, it's good that that's the goal, too. I, that's why I keep saying just try to get as much information as you can to piece together what you really believe. That's true. And you find out what television show is going to work for us. Uh, uh, what are we going to binge watch next uh, on Netflix or Hulu? I hope you didn't watch Tiger King because I'd really. I, did you watch Tiger King? I did. I did I, watch Tiger I, King. I, 
I just I just figured out I love you, Cindy, but I want to see other people. Can I can I say that? <laughs> totally fair. The yeah. other thing that I'm oddly hooked on right now are the Spanish shows on Netflix. Apparently, I don't mind subtitles. No. Who knew? I, Netflix taught me that. Well, funny story. So I watched uh, a couple of uh, shows from England on um, uh, The Stranger. It was a very good show on Netflix. And there was one other one. I can't remember. But the, both of them um, were, uh, I needed subtitles because a lot of the times they talk quickly. And it was a little bit with an accent. And I don't mean to be you know rude. I just couldn't understand. And so I put the subtitles up. So I watch in subtitles now and everything. That's fantastic. I do that with Grant Chester, another British show where yeah. the accents can be a little tough for me. <laughs> well, if you haven't seen The Stranger, what I like about The Stranger, it's like seven or eight episodes and it's just easy to binge over a weekend. Right. Ooh. And it's fantastic. Like there, there's a lot of turns and uh, twists. And there was another show about a police officer who um, kind of watches or uh, is in charge of uh, a politician. And it's kind of interesting. I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to We'll have to look it okay. up. Maybe I'll put it on the, on, the, on the website. But that's that's a, that's another show. So uh, watch all the shows that we give you because, you know, this is this is the uh, what really is important in society, whether or not you're <laughs> streaming on Netflix, Hulu, all these things, Disney Plus. Uh, it's it's like a plethora. We throw them all out there and no one has everything. We need a $50 all in 50 channel cable service. And I'm in. Uh, that's oh, all I, I want. Mean, that's yeah. what I want too. That'd yeah. be great. All right. Well, we'll set that up. Hopefully we could talk to the conglomerates about starting that up. We'll, we'll start a new service about watch what you want. And I'll put on the good news network as well. We'll do GNN um, good news network. Uh, that'll be the next uh, thing for, for lens burning Bush. So Cindy, thank you so much for joining this week. Remember you can like uh, lens burning Bush on Facebook. You can listen now on iTunes, Podbean, even on Spotify. I don't know how it happened, but I am on Spotify now, too, so you can download, you can listen on all of that. We're in um, 19 states, the District of Columbia, and now in the U.K. Thanks for listening. Thanks to uh, Cindy Matthews, and, uh, you know, you were great today. You were fantastic. Thank you. So much fun. You're welcome. I'm Len Harvey. Welcome back, and uh, to next week to another edition of Len's Burning Bush, and we'll, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much.